0: After nearly three years' silence, John Durran unleashed bombshell with two recent court filings.
1: An Asian lady in New York City was stabbed to death by a homeless who followed her into her home.
0: San Francisco liberals are calling for inviting the homeless into home.
1: The New York Times faced backlash after calling Asians-Americans vividly overrepresented in figure skating.
0: Hello, welcome to Wei and Kathy show. I'm your host Wei Fang. And I'm Kathy Zhang. Well, uh, I cannot help notice that Kathy uh, is more <laughs> formal than normal.
1: Well, yeah, I, the outfit is very different from what I usually wear. So I'm dressing up for the occasion. So as you know, today is the Valentine's Day. And also tomorrow is the Latin festival mm. in, you know, the Chinese culture. new year. Yes.
0: And what is the Latin festival? That, 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 that is Chinese uh, Valentine's Day.
1: And also for some Asian countries too, right? Yeah.
0: Um, no? Latin. Yeah, Latin. in East Asian. Yeah, mm-hmm. East Asian is the Latin. So supposedly at that time, you got uh, uh, the Latin all over the street and the people come on the, on the Latin. There's this always like a zimi, right? Those puzzles for you to resolve. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you resolve, you got a an award. And uh, at that time, it is the young ladies who came out of home. You know, in ancient China, ladies... Before marriage, okay, ladies stay home, okay, girls stay home. They don't come out casually, and on that very day, the girls can all come out to see the beautiful, colorful lantern, and then this is where um, you know they 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 the, they find their their men, their lovers, and uh, so it's it's a lot of beautiful stories behind the Latin Latin festival, and
1: uh, yeah, and this year is very pretty special because the Valentine's Day almost meet. Uh, the Latin festival, so just one day apart. So I thought, and actually, when we had the uh, Chinese New Year uh, live show mm-hmm. on the Chinese channel, and some of our audience just encouraged me to saying, "Oh, Kathy, you should uh, wear this in your Chinese- English show." So I thought, oh, today maybe it's a good occasion. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Thank you for Kathy for making the effort to mark the festival. Right. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, the first piece of news is quite serious, <laughs> not quite <laughs> related to the uh, Valentine's Day. But anyway, it's important information to know. This is a news show, still, okay? Joe Durham was the U.S. Uh, attorney of District of Connecticut. Well, he was assigned to investigate the origin of the FBI's investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. elections on uh, in April 2019. So about uh, nearly three years ago, he was assigned his job to do that investigation. Well, eighteen months later, actually, before before the election, right before mm-hmm. the election, okay, the then Justice Department, uh, Justice Department, Attorney General, okay, Bill Barr, and appointed he- elevate his status to be the special counsel because he wanted his job to survive the Trump administration. Okay, so. He became the special counsel for the Department of Justice on that matter until today. Okay, actually, nobody knew that what has he has been doing, and the former President uh, Donald Trump expressed a strong impatience. If you follow the news, in not seeing any result from this special counsel's job, well, until now. So Durham filed with the federal court um, twice on uh, January twenty-fifth and February eleventh which turned out to be bombshell. And uh, he has also indicted three people as, uh, as of now. So what is the, what is the essential in his uh, filing? Okay. The first has to do with a gentleman, his name is called Michael Sussman. Sussman was the campaign attorney for Hillary Clinton. Okay. And he was charged by John Duren to make a false statement in front of a federal agent. Okay. So what does that mean? Susman requested and held a meeting with FBI in September two thousand and nineteen, which is uh, two months uh, uh, September uh, two thousand and nineteen. Yes, in which he presented the purported, purported data and the white papers that allegedly demonstrate a COVID communications channel between the Trump organization and uh, a bank called Alpha Bank, which has. Tied to Kremlin, Soviet, you know, Russia, and uh, and this this assessment, he also told the then FBI General Counsel James Baker that he was not doing job for any client. Well, he was actually uh, at that time. Okay, so basically he went to FBI report something, and he said I'm not working for any client. But as a matter of fact, Durham found out he was actually hired by an internet company, and a, the Clinton campaign. But he lied to the general, uh, FBI general counsel. An assessment's uh, billing record reflect that he repeatedly billed the Clinton campaign for his work on the Russian, uh, the Russian bank allegations. An assessment as of today, uh, pled not guilty. and Fox News reported that based upon Durrin's report that the lawyers from Hillary, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign in 2016 had paid to infiltrate servers. Belonging to Tom, uh, Trump Tower and later the White House, in order to establish an influence and a narrative to bring to federal government agencies, linking, um, yeah, linking Donald Trump to Russia. The internet company we're talking about here, actually, the name is being withheld. It's, yeah, it's being withheld. The internet company came, had come to access and maintain dedicated servers for the executive office of the president as part of a sensitive arrangement whereby it provides DNS resolution service to the EOP. EOP is basically the White House. So basically, the internet company entrusted by the White House coming in and, uh, and attained um, the, the, the server. Okay, so the uh, Durham report said this. In connection with this effort, the tech executive one, which is the name used in the Durham report, the, the report did not review who, who, yeah, who, but said um, tech executive one, tech executive one at the internet company exploited his access to the non-public, and/or proprietary internet data, and this tech executive one also enlisted the, the assistance of researchers at a U.S.-based university. Who were receiving and analyzing large amounts of internet data in connection with the pending federal government's cyber security research contract? Okay, so the tech executive one tasked those researchers to mine internet data to establish an uh, inference and a narrative tying then candidate Trump to Russia. So, actually, for the IP addresses that they obtained data on are, well, a particular health care provider. Well, you have to guess, you probably, that's the health care provider for Donald Trump. The second is the Trump Tower. The third is Trump's Central Park West apartment building. The fourth one is the White House. All right? So besides Michael Sus- um, Sussman talked to FBI, he also met the second US government agency. And uh, the name is not revealed, so we call that Ag- Agency 2. So Duran said in his report that uh, Sussman provided data that he claimed reflected pur- <coughs> purportedly uh, suspicious DNS lookup by these entities of uh, Internet protocol addresses affiliated with the Russian mobile phone provider, and claimed that the lookups, the lookup action, okay, the lookup action, uh, demonstrated Trump and his associates were using rare russian made a wireless phone in the vicinity of the white house and other locations so basically they've got all trump's record and they see that in, you see there's this uh, um, lookup internet <coughs> internet uh, lookup into this russian address and then they must be using you know russian mobile phone to communicate privately with the russian uh, people in russia okay however the special counsel's office has identified no support for such allegation Okay, the third report said there was a total of more than 3 million lookups of the Russian, Russian phone provi- uh, prover uh, IP address. And uh, fewer than 1,000 of those lookups originated with IP addresses affiliated with Trump Tower. And the uh, report said such lookups are far from rare in the United States. Okay, Duran also added the, the data collected. Uh, by the tech executive, one also found the lookup begin actually as early as twenty fourteen, even before Trump uh, decided to run for office. So, so besides uh, Michael Sussman, two other people were also indicted. One person is called uh, um, Igor denchenko Igor denchenko Danchenko. Danchenko he was he's a Russian citizen and a U.S. resident currently residing in Virginia, and he works as a Euro Asia political risk defense and economic analyst, some kind of an advisor. Okay, and he was charged by uh, by John Durham with making a false statement, and is accused of lying to the FBI about the source of information that he provided to the to Christopher Steele, if you remember, for the anti-Trump dossier. Which it turned out to be completely true, uh, completely false. Another person charged; his name is uh, Kevin Cleansmith, and uh, he's a former FBI attorney. Okay, three years ago, in the summer, two years ago, in the summer of 2020, he altered an email during the Russia investigation that was used to justify the surveillance of a former president, uh, Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. For that, he was sentenced to one year probation, and. Uh, yeah, in the summer of 2020. But now this time he was also he was charged again with making a false statement. Well, the detail wasn't quite there. So in the so far in the two filings, the Durin, um team has uh, interviewed many many people, but none of the name was uh, revealed. They just have their title, uh, including a former FBI general counsel. And anybody can guess that's James Baker. And then, former FBI assistant director for the counterintelligence. Yeah, there could be as many as three individuals serving in that role, so nobody knows who who this person is. And also interviewed the, the the attorney previously employed by the law firm, who is referred to in the indictment as the campaign lawyer, uh, campaign lawyer, and uh, the general counsel to the Clinton, uh, also yeah, also interviewed the general counsel to the Clinton campaign. And. Uh, so they interviewed a lot of people, okay, and then the Durin report also said the government also maintains an active, ongoing criminal investigation of the defendants, basically suspects, conduct, and other matters. So Fox News quoted a source that uh, know about the investigation said, um, as such, Durin does this right and keep, the, keep keeps it at um, a secret, okay. And there has been much more activity in Duran's investigation than has been visible to the public. All right, so that's the summary of the findings of today, mm-hmm. and uh, we will for sure follow this matter and report to you as we as we got uh, new updates. But indeed, it seems to John Duran's really taking his time, right?
1: Yeah, and if people, you know, for all the past uh, three years, people are just wondering where is he going, right? Mm. Yeah, so.
0: and uh, if you re- recall, the, the, the Robert Mueller, uh, that uh, special investigation leaked so many things, so much things out, right? Mm-hmm. And the deterrent seems to be to keep a very, very tight lid, um, you know, on the, on the investigation. And then now it's coming up with something really just shocking a lot of things. But interesting enough, mainstream media either play, play down or completely ignore, ignore his, uh, his report. Mm-hmm. So, well, that itself tells you that um, what's on their mind. All right, let's move on to the next, next piece of news, Kathy.
1: Okay, so um, overrepresented. So the New York Times recently uh, published an article uh, saying that uh, uh, the, in the uh, field of uh, figure skating, Asian Americans are vividly overrepresented. And they even tweeted it. So that triggered a lot of backlash. Um, so let's see this uh, tweet. Uh, it, said, it's, it tweeted on um, Feb, February 9th, saying that uh, Asians making up around 7% of the U.S. population but have become vividly overrepresented in ice rinks and competitions at every level from coast to coast. And it, it continued, saying, Gradually, they have transformed a sport that until the 1990s was almost uniform, uniformly white. So, what do you make of it? First, you know they're talking about Asian. Then it uh, implies it was used to be a white supremacist sport. Is that it was telling? So, anyhow, um, it's it, it really triggered a lot of um, uh, pushback, and uh, they published this article actually shortly be- before uh, Nathan Chang, who uh, when who when the met. A gold medal uh, for at, at the men's Beijing fi-
0: men's figure figure skating
1: right at the Beijing Winter Olympics and Nathan Chen's parents immigrated from uh, China. So this article was written by the New York Times sports writer Andrew Key, and uh, so we'll talk about his response to all those uh, pushbacks. Actually, on the New York Times, it it's. Its readers also had some comments. For example, um, a a reader named Carmen from Philadelphia saying, "Here goes the New York Times again, finding a way to chalk success up to privilege—the idea that Asian Americans are successful because they are wealthy." And it, uh, you know, in the article, it lured as uh, you know previously the white people. Why it's all dominated by white people because white people are affluent. And now the Asians are affluent and they are dominating the ice rink. And uh, so um, uh, and it's very interesting, uh, readers also notif- notice that the uh, writer said that uh, Asian people are overrepresented because they are. They have higher income. And then immediately it jumped into an interview with a skater whose parents were actually not wealthy at all. They worked hard in the restaurants trying to pay for the skater's lessons. And uh, so there are more pushbacks on the tweets, Twitter. So on the tweet, some of the tweets just ask if the Times would ever have made such a statement about other minority groups whose participation in sports exceeds their percentage of the population. So we can see that. And some tweets just say, do you have quote quota for all races in all sports? It's a question asking to, asking, you know, the New York Times. So, and it says that uh, Americans with the uh, Asian heritage are Americans, full stop. So, and some other tweet is saying, how can Americans overrepresenting America? You know, I think, you know, quite a few people, they just have the same uh, questions. Asian Americans are Americans. Then another tweet just saying racism against Asian is still racism. You know that, right? New York Times. And also some tweets just said New York Times is probably just saying New York Times believes that excellence is overrepresenting in sports. Other tweeters say, tweets saying that. Uh, you, you recognize, you know, some people say we recognize those athletes, they have their race and the gender, uh, but do not categorize them. So there are all different, um, different uh, reactions. So how to really view this, the author of the, the journalist Andrew Key, he responded, tweeting that uh, overrepresented was not intended to convey any sort of a judgment. And he said he just used the word after hearing in conversation with multiple Asian-American psychologists. So he—
0: Sociologists.
1: sociologists. And he said it read, literally just means that uh, participation is clearly disproportionate to the populations that cited in the same sentence. So he said there's no judgment baked into it. So how to really you know, view such thing? I actually, I, early on, I interviewed uh, Kenny Xu. He's the author of the book An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. Kenny is the president of the nonprofit organization called Color Us United and uh, he's the lead insider on the Harvard Students for Fair Admission versus uh, Harvard case, case and a commentator-writer for quite a few publications. A young man, but very talented. He authored this book called An Inconvenient Minority, which is about how he thinks the ultra-left views Asian Americans as overrepresentation, And to him, This article is not surprised.
2: This is not surprising. This is the direction of media outlets like the New York Times over the past five years. Um, They have started to label Asian Americans as overrepresented because they're too excellent at the things that they're in. And what they prove is that they prove that the disparities in our country surrounding achievement is are not primarily caused by racism. Uh, because Asian-Americans are a minority, they have been discriminated against, they don't come here with much wealth or generational connections. And yet, through the spirit of hard work and excellence, they are able to contribute greatly and become overrepresented in our country um, in, in some of the, the highest achieving fields like education, Um, and even sports like figure skating. Um, So I think that this is a great story about the triumph of cultures of hard work and excellence in this country. But the New York Times prefers not to view it that way. They prefer to say that Asian Americans are stealing spots away from other people.
1: Yeah, so I asked Kenny, how does he view that, uh, like other readers of the article noticed in the... Uh, In this article, you know, the narrative is uh, how the um, Asian Americans, the reason that Asian Americans are dominating the ice rink is because they are, the families are affluent. But then it followed with a story uh, that, uh, a couple of stories that uh, the skater's uh, parents are actually immigrant parents are actually not affluent at all. They worked very hard in a restaurant in uh, they trying to pay for those lessons. And so how can he uh, see can this kind of uh, contradiction?
2: They're trying to balance, I think, a healthy respect for Asian American excellence with also this desire to not praise Asian American culture too much, because that would, of course, highlight other inconvenient questions for the New York Times, like, well, why are Asian Americans specifically doing so well? What about other races? What about other people? And of course, that would they would view it as embarrassing. I wouldn't view it as embarrassing at all, because I know that every culture has a lot to contribute, no matter where you're from. Um, but that doesn't mean that every culture is going to contribute equally in everything. That's the major... Um, that's the major problem with liberalism, is that liberalism assumes that everybody has, that every culture is equally capable of doing everything. And that's a lie. That's just wrong. Um, historically speaking, you know, certain cultures were, you know, engineers, certain cultures were you know, more inclined towards um, the guardian class. You know and and the same is true of every culture here in america and that's what diversity really is by the way it's allowing people to go out and be the best at whatever they are the best at um and it has nothing to do with forcing diversity the way that harvard does in their admissions process or the way that the new york times is trying to characterize the diversity equity and inclusion movement movement in america
1: Yeah, so um, it seems that uh, it also triggered some backlash from the New York Times readers. So what's uh, Kenny's take on it?
2: I think they're justified. Uh, Obviously, I wouldn't use the word overrepresented. It's like saying that blacks are overrepresented in the NBA, you know, or, you know, implying that they need some kind of balancing to lower their representation. I wouldn't agree with that at all. Um, I think that... um, you know, this—I think this actually reflects a tension right now between the elite liberal uh, community, like the, the New York Times readers, um, and maybe the more even harder progressive left, um, because I think the elite liberal New York Times community um, still buys into this whole like this whole narrative that buttresses Harvard's affirmative action process you know, where they're like, well, we need diversity because diversity is good um, inherently, even though race has nothing to do with, you know, the, what kind of character you are. So I think elite New York Times liberals like, the, uh, like this narrative of diversity. But I think the harder progressive left, and I did see that some of the people who commented on this post criticizing New York Times are from the hard progressive left. I think the hard progressive left is probably even more concerned that now the New York Times is just um, sort of engaging in racism of its own, uh, just a different kind of white supremacist racism. So I see that um, that there, there's a split now even between elite liberalism and hard progressive leftism.
1: So if that's the case, the, the, that uh, which is uh, talked about, Kenny, uh, by Kenny about this split, then where it is going?
2: Well, I think the New York Times is always going to have to deal with this split. Uh, they basically have no conservative audience anymore. Um, they, they, they basically have decided we're just going to go hard. We're just going to go into the liberal audience. That's their decision. That's a business decision. That's fine from their perspective. Um, but this tension is going to be there forever. Um, I think Asian Americans are going to continue to inconvenience the New York Times staff. I saw this other New York Times article about Harvard's affirmative action process by this author, by their reporter, Jake Caspian Kong, who makes the usual sort of, um, who makes the usual sort of, uh, what is it, uh, pions to diversity and inclusion. Before revealing what he really thinks, which is that Harvard's affirmative action process is wrong, um, but you know, if you were if you were in a, in an outlet that prioritized more of the hard facts, you wouldn't need to make all those pie-ins to diversity and inclusion because we now have all the facts about what diversity and inclusion really is, which is it's just an excuse for people to hire people who are, or it's just an excuse uh, for people to pander. Um, to get um, unmerited treatment, unmerited preferred treatment in admissions and hiring processes in America. And that's exactly what it's doing right now.
1: Any final thoughts?
2: I mean, my my final thoughts are, um, I think Asian Americans are are going to continue to be the inconvenient minority to the left. Um, And um, I think that this uh, this comment on overrepresentation of a, of Asian Americans in these excellent professions is an example of how that tension plays out in real life.
1: All right. So that's uh, Kenny Shi, the author of the book "An Inconvenient Minority: The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy." So, yeah, how do you think his uh, observation? Yeah, I think it's,
0: it's it make very good sense. And um, yeah, that's what I have to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. You said it all. Yeah. All right.
0: So. And by yeah. the way, I just want to insert something that uh, you may you may take the, take note um, take a note of this or you may not this Asian hate idea, Asian hate, right? So there's this uh, there's a lot of like uh, Asian hate kind of uh, um, phenomenon in America pushed by the liberals, and uh, to us. To me, okay, through my research, I know that where that come from. Believe it or not, a large part of the push came from China, come from the Chinese Communist Party, because they do want to drive a wedge into the U.S. society. The idea is not entirely just theirs. The liberal does, you know, they raise this, but uh, CCP used their all their force in this country to push that, and and push that into a narrative. So the Asian hate. What well, well, oftentimes when Asian was hurt was harmed, and uh, which will be reported next, and who, who who are the people hurting them? You know the news report did not say it. They just say, well, people hate Asian. Asian should be protected and so on and so forth. But who who hurt them? Okay, that wasn't reported. So that's just really just half a story, right? You don't see the whole picture. Why 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 don't don't they even just let show the whole picture, which we probably will talk about uh, later. And uh, so. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how complicated this this is. Yeah. And and the Chinese uh, Chinese government they never care about. It. They are very, very racism over there. But they care so much about the racism in this country.
1: Yep. That's uh how, you know, they can just uh, insert a wedge and the to many people Manipulate the situation for their own advantage. Yeah, yeah. I saw a comment from a question from Dean Campbell. Nathan Chang is going to Yale. Are they less racist than Harvard? Yeah, I believe Nathan Chang, Nathan Chang is already in um, Yale. He's studying already. Uh, but um, you know, every you know, not I. I shouldn't say every. You know, most of. Those uh, uh, universities do tends to be very uh, liberal, but uh, in any under any kind of a situation, there was always be people different. Like Kenny, Kenny Xu, mm-hmm. he was uh, born and raised uh, in New Jersey. Uh, his parents from mainland China, but uh, you know he turned out to be um, a young man with uh, independent thought, critical thinking, and uh, tends to be pretty. Conservative, so and then Nathan Chang, just by looking at those different reports, he also see he also seemed to be an independent thinker. So, you know, yeah, the environment, the universities uh, generally tends to be more liberal, but I think um, for some students, they could still turn out to be very different. Um, so that's my reply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe a little puzzle for the Latin
0: state, uh, So do you know why why? Why Chinese people, Asian people, especially Chinese people, right? Yeah. Why, why they, they, so many of them excel in the uh, figure skating? Can you guess why?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was a discussion in this uh, New York Times um, article. uh, There's one saying that oh, the Asian people are with smaller body, and uh, you know, and some say they are more. Some common saying, you know, because they are more focused, more diligent in those type of uh, uh, sports are, you know, require these type of okay. traits.
0: Those are, those are the theoretical a- a- analysis.
1: Okay. Let me just share you with
0: my ob- observation, very simple, because Asian parents, they care a lot about their kids. They want their kids, you know, daughter and the boy to be beautiful and uh, to be graceful and figure skating is a very, very graceful um, sport. That's why they, they send them to learn this, and uh, some of them just feel love in it. And then no matter what, they're going to, they, they love their kids so much, right? And then their kids is their <laughs> number one in their life, okay? So whatever the kids need, they're going to they're gonna pump on, put money into it, even when they don't have to, t- too much money. So that's just because of that.
1: Yeah, I think it's Agreed. really, uh, yeah, I think a part of it, I think it's really uh, the parents, how they view the priorities. Mm-hmm. Whether they will spend money on the kids to take those probably uh, kind of expensive lessons, or, you know, they will spend on just uh, kind of some kind of uh, luxury vacations, you know, things like that. So it's uh, individual families um, and the parents and the kids' decision. Uh, so yeah, you know, it just to try to categorize it uh, by the race. Um, yeah, I don't think that's the way to do it. That's my
0: take. yeah. I, I think basically different different races have their own culture, right? Just it's just like a uh, black people, they're good at the NBA. Uh, MBA. Yeah,
1: they have the you know yeah, yeah the, the, they are, right. they have some inborn quality mm-hmm. to f- pretty fit for such. Sport mm-hmm. and probably figure skating more fit for uh, you know people other kind of people, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just too much if you just try to categorize it and uh, uh, stereotype it. And especially in this country, we do not uh, regard the color or skin uh, or race as an important thing to differentiate us, mm-hmm. right?
0: Okay. Should we move on to the next piece of news? Okay. All right. This has to. This is actually. It's. It's. Um. It's how to say? It's a sad news, and uh, I was kind of. Uh, actually, a little hesitated to to even report about this, but still, I think we need to know what we need to know, and uh, so so basically, this is what this is what happened in the um, in New York. Okay, and a New York uh, a New York Asian woman was stabbed to death by a man following her home late last night. All right. And that uh, triggered a public discontent um, boil, uh, boiling. So basically on the on Sunday, um, which is uh, yesterday, uh, Christine Yunan Lee, a 35-year-old Korean woman from Chinatown, was getting out of her taxi to enter her de- uh, apartment building at uh, 111 uh, Christie Street, where he wa- she was followed by a suspect. And uh, um, Assamad Asma Nash, all right. And uh, just after four a.m., when the, when the, this lady Yunali, Lee arrived at the house, the suspect forced his way into her home while she was closing the door. And then, according to the police, at four twenty-five um, a.m. That, 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 that morning, and um, they got a call. But when the police arrived at the scene, due to the obstacles set up by the suspect, could not immediately enter the residence of Lee. With the help of the emergency service unit, police were able to break down the door and enter Lee's home. When the police finally entered her home, she was already stabbed several times and was covered in blood in the bathroom. Okay, the police arrested and detained the suspect Nash, and his name is Nash. Okay, Osama Nash, and the case is still under investigation. And the charges against Nash has not been yet um, determined.
1: Yeah. So um, according to the rep- uh, the media report, uh, Miss Lee is a digital creative producer. Uh, she originally lived in New Jersey, just moved to New York Chinatown about a year ago. Who's the suspect? He's a thirty-five year old homeless with a long track record uh, that uh, at least has. Eight criminal records, and most of them are related to subway crimes. And the suspect uh, had attacked a man in the subway on September twenty eighth. In also on January sixth, um, he was um, uh, caught by the police to resist arrest for destruction of property. But in both cases, the suspect was not required to pay any bail.
0: Just work out like yeah. nothing, nothing happened
1: and he currently has 3 other cases pending in Manhattan criminal court so after miss lee's murder um, the news broke out both governor and the mayor of new york issued a statement uh, condemning the crime and the saying that uh, you know uh, they are standing with the asian community but however uh, in what are the people, what are the re- reactions from the Asian and the Chinese community in New York?
0: Yeah, the um, basically homeless shelters has been popping up all around uh, Chinatown, turning this into a homeless town. And this is uh, according to the Chinese public office uh, president, his name is Yu Jing Shan. He said that in his, uh, he said in his 50 year in the United States, and forty-five years in Chinatown, he has never been more worried and frantic because of the proliferation of the homeless shelters. He pointed to, he pointed to the Ming Chang Hotel at a 61 um, uh, crested uh, Butt Street, which is a homeless shelter not far from the 11 111 crested Christy. butt street, which is the place of the yesterday's uh, tragedy site and and uh, he said we we do we do not want to see Chinatown turn into a homeless town
1: yeah and actually by the way i actually um, interviewed this gentleman before Is when right? i yeah was uh, doing the media work in new york okay so um the manhattan borough president uh, mark levin said that um, New York City once had a mental health system that has lost nearly 500 inpatient psychiatric beds in Manhattan over the past decades. So he was talking about how difficult um, is um, uh, they are facing uh, in this uh, mental health situation, and but uh, actually um, in. For other people, the community members in Chinatown, they believe that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not only, the, you know, there, there were some like uh, bad news about uh, this uh, mental health treatment, but uh, after all, uh, for example, one community member just believed that uh, the separation of power system um, in New York, and in the United States, uh, actually he believed has been defeated at the hands of the ultra-left. Uh, they believe that uh, the problem is that judges and the district attorneys have become politicians, and politicians have crossed the line. But uh, judges are afraid to control them, to have any, you know, um, if, to have any meaningful control over the situation. And uh, the one committee member saying a few days ago, people defended the suspect's rights, demonstrated in front of the courthouse protesting that uh, $5,000 bail was too high.
0: $5,000.
1: $5,000 bail was too high. Remember, this suspect just walked out without any bail in two cases. And then they complained that the judge was afraid to uh, use Kendra law, which allowed judges to force a suspect to undergo psychiatric treatment if they believe the suspect is a danger to himself or to the public. So, um, people just really afraid of um, you know, the situation in Chinatown because of the homeless situation. They, currently, they have at least six shelters for the homeless, they're going to add three more. Mm. So, that's the community's reaction.
0: Yeah, so if, if we move our attention to the focus to the San Francisco, where this uh, show is happening, Okay, homelessness has become a serious matter in the San Francisco Bay Area, and several charities now is urging local residents to give up their extra rooms to the homeless. Just imagine
1: that. And they have some um, samples already, saying that uh, in the East Bay, yeah, yeah, there's a, a non-profit called Safe Time. The executive. Uh, saying that they already placed the homeless family and the college students in spare bedroom for one to six months. And uh, according to the Daily Mail, uh, since 2017, the organization has placed more than 60 people. However, in reality, Uh how many people, in an incomplete count, count, there are 30,000 homeless people in five Barry counties. Which uh, comprise the East Bay, North Bay, South Bay, Peninsula, and the San Francisco area.
0: You know, that's, this is what five years they play, place in sixty people. Yeah. So this organization is nonprofit. I don't know where how much fund they got, and it's literally they place one person every month in the last five years. Yeah. That's how much they accomplish. It's just.
1: But uh, how you know the San Francisco uh, city and county government is trying is thinking about. Uh, using this as a model. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the San Francisco Department of Homelessness held a workshop just uh, last Thursday to encourage landlords landlord to rent out their homes to the homeless at the local government's expense. The program has just the latest attempt to address the San Francisco's homelessness problem. Last December, San Francisco's homelessness problem forced Mayor London Breed to declare a state of emergency in the city, and there are believed to be more than 8,000 homeless people in San Francisco today, up from 1,500 a decade ago. Okay, so what do people think? and uh, Richie
0: Green- Greenberg okay he's the only republican running against uh, the, the the running against uh, the the London Breed for the mayor's position and he said the plan's are public publicity stunt that is downright creepy uh, Greenberg and uh, Greenberg noted that because most homeless people are mentally ill or drug addicts they won't get help from those programs and what is needed are more drug treatment facilities and ways to care for the mentally ill so that they do not harm themselves or the others.
1: Yeah, think about the case in New York, right? In the, he, the lady was not even taking the homeless home, but the homeless just forced his way in and stabbed the lady to death.
0: And Greenberg believed that the idea of individuals opening up their doors for the public good is not new, especially in San Francisco but it's not a long-term scalable solution. At a large percentage of the homeless, a large percentage of the homeless in San Francisco are, well, (laughs) yeah.
1: I lost it. They they are homeless because uh, they are addicted to drugs or suffer from mental illness, so that the number of the um, candidates, you know, who can be really placed in people's home are very limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he really felt this proposal just uh, uh, unrealistic and, as in his words, creepy. Yeah. So uh, remember that back, back then, I think uh, the Oakland
0: mayor was mm-hmm. also advocating people take homeless into their home. Their Libby chef. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that happened, I, my suggestion would always be, Mayor, can you take, can you take a couple of into your home first?
1: Well, actually, not only you. Some people already, you know, at that time just uh, challenged the uh, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaaf, saying, "You know, why don't you open up your house? Right? You have extra bedroom." So he/she was forced to respond, saying, "Oh, because um, actually, her daughter, I think, was actually just left home for school, and uh, but she said uh, they they have still have some issues to sort out, and uh, they are." not at the stage to, uh, it's not a time to take in uh, a homeless or other people. But uh, some uh, people just protest in front of her house saying, you don't even invite us for, uh, to, to have some coffee at your house. So that's
0: what they got. Believe it or not, okay, this is not overstating, okay, this kind of uh, talk, all right, everybody else, please be the most selfless people. Except me, this is typically a, a, a communist party leaders, um, you know, rhetoric. They always just behave like that. And remember, there's this did I tell you this? You, or if you remember, there's this joke in the Soviet Union, right? So the <clears throat> well, the chairman of the meeting is on the stage and asking people down down um, down there. And saying that whoever believes communist is uh, communism is, is, is the great. step to the left. Whoever believes capitalism is, the, is, is the better, step to the right. OK, Everybody step on the left, because you know, it's, it's the Soviet Union who dare not to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, two people, those are bold people, okay, step on the right, and one, one person was standing there not making any move. So the chairman was puzzled, so what's happening to you? Do you think communism is better or does capitalism is better? And he said I I I think communist um, um, how to say um, I think communism is better but I, I live in I live in capitalism. Okay. <laughs> so the chairman was panicking, okay? He, he came down to the stage and and held his arm and saying, "You p- people like you, you need to sit on the main stage." <laughs> Leaders the stage. Okay. So in China, in in Soviet Union, Communist Party, the stage is very big. They got chairs there. The Central Committee leader is sitting on the stage. All the audience sitting down there. So basically, if you believe in communism and you live a life of capitalism, those are then you are the supreme leader. Mm. Okay. You only need to talk communism. You don't need to practice it.
1: Yeah. You don't need to suffer the consequence of those uh, policies or ideologies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to be honest, when I first came to—not when I first came to the U.S. in the recent years, when I see the homeless was just, uh, you know, just uh, spreading like a, like a, like a, you know, like a disease over the city, city after city. It's just to me, it's unbelievable. How can city just allow that? How can citizens like that allow that? It's just like your 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 home. Do you allow, you know, your children, you know, just pee on the, uh, on the dining room and sleep on the dining room, and then you just say let's be let's be lenient with them. Of course, you're gonna discipline those kid, the kid, right? Lock them up, and uh, but in this country, people just they just allow homeless just on the street and just just pretending you cannot do anything about that because doing that is not the lenient, it's not tolerant enough. It's just it's childish, right? It's childish attitude. How do you run a city that way? You don't run your home that way, right? For anybody who say invite their like like this, uh, how to say Easter Bay nonprofit save Time. The, the executive director, her name is Christy Carpenter, just asked Carpenter to take homeless into her home. You know, do that first. Then before you pr- preach other people to do that.
1: Well, they are getting paid to place uh, homeless to other people's home. That's what's happening. Yeah,
0: but, but yeah, that's just, um, it's just so absurd. This is, this is how, how strange and absurd you know, our country, uh, America, has become. It's just uh, a very strange version of the of the socialist China, um, but uh, we know, we know what is the reason, root reason behind it, in the name of being kind, in the name of being tolerant, Compassion. compassionate, then push something to the extreme, and in, in, in that process destroy the current order of the society. This is the American version of the communists' behavior. Um, we need to wake up to that. We need to stop to that. This is absurdity. It should not be tolerated. Would they? Would, would they? Any any of those liberals? They allow their you know kids pee on their dining room, asleep on the dining room, and uh, and without doing anything about it. If not, why do they allow people when in the city that they run? Why do they allow people you know people just uh, pee on the street and uh, and lying everywhere.
1: And uh, that's why I think the Canadian truckers, the Canadian truckers are rising up, right. So I was actually talking to uh, a former trucker. From Canada, mm-hmm. you know what he told me was that uh, he, I just, you know, people are uh, really curious why the truckers, mm-hmm. right, truck drivers, mm-hmm. why they rise up, yeah. you know, why right? they, why they. So he shared with me a perspective. I think it's very interesting. Um, he used to drive truck for thirteen years off and on, so he knows a lot of them. He said many of them were actually originally came from like East Europe. Okay. So they know uh, how uh, terrible is losing freedom, but when days are good, when you know in the good days, people don't feel that. But once the uh, COVID, the pandemic hits, and uh, all those kind of uh, mandates were opposing to to them, to people, they just immediately realized, you know, this is really an attack on the freedom. So they have lost freedom before, once, right, in their own country. They are saying, no, we are not going to lose the freedom again. So that's why. And many of those uh, truck drivers, they do not, um, they probably just have a high school degree. Mm-hmm. And, but this is a good thing because they didn't get the introduction, uh, introduction in uh, the in- u- in indoctrination in the universities. So, and that's why he said there are so many truck drivers, they are just intuitively, you know, believe that uh, the freedom, it's time to um, really uh, fight for the freedom. And uh, that's why, you know, he himself immigrated from Poland.
0: Yeah. So, so they see an evil, they recognize the evil when they see a evil. Just that's the main reason that they rise up first. So. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess, I guess that will be it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. let's see what what's kind of feedback you, we we have here. Yeah. Mark, uh, Summer, you said I so enjoy time with uh, we and Kathy. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: We enjoy being with you. Yeah. We and uh, Tim Tim Matenga saying a break from fake news. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's
0: exactly the purpose that we would do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so let's see. Mark, Mark said, "Oh, freedom is blind." Also. Oh yeah, I hate CCP. My our friend saying in New York, his neighbor are leaving, the city. Mm. Yeah, so same thing in San Francisco. A lot of people are leaving the city.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but will not. <laughs> we're sticking around and. Uh, yeah, okay, so...
1: And Doug Watson said, I believe the current law enforcement laws and the release of criminals without bail or psychological examination law has become political for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah, and... Uh, Thank you for staying with us tonight, and uh, yeah, and uh, listening to the Dara news.:
1: So So uh, yeah, let's see any comments from SafeChat side? Yeah, we have some comments. Uh, David saying, Asians are hardworking, disciplined people that results in success.
0: Yeah, like like Kenny Xu said, said, uh, Asian, <laughs> Asian will become a very inconvenient minority for, for those people who, who, who try to just use Asian as a, as a way to advance their agenda. Um, yeah, because we just don't live that way.
1: Yeah, and I think also you know like the truck drivers in Canada, right? Many people who from East, um, East Europe, and you know people who had already experienced the socialism and communism know the, you know the harm of it would be really inconvenient for the hard left yeah and I uh, think the truck drivers really set up an example you know the way to do it. It was reported that uh, actually the truck drivers uh, in Los Angeles mm-hmm. they are planning to do the same kind of uh, free convoy mm-hmm. in March early March yep. so We'll take a, an eye on it.
0: Yeah, and Jean uh, Bradbury said, "We and Kathy are the best Americans." Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. Yeah, that's yeah. what we strive to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Although I, you know, dressing the kind of traditional Chinese dress, I just wanted to, you know, observe the the occasion, the festival. If you came on late, I explained why I am dressing this way today because today is a Valentine's Day, and tomorrow tomorrow is a. Uh, Latin festival. Yep. Yeah. Chinese. But, uh, you Valentine. know, the culture, you know, we, we respect traditional culture in different, uh, uh, in, in all kinds of, you know, Western and Eastern or China. But, uh, you know, um, really we are here, we are Americans. The, uh, we really, you know, there's just no difference because of our race or skin color or whatsoever. Okay. All right, thank you very much and uh, have a good night. Take care. Take care, until Wednesday.
0: Bye-bye.